Live from Miami, Florida, thefoodie.com presents WTF, Where's the Food? With your host, Nick. What up? What's going on? And we are back for another episode. It is episode number five of WTF, Where's the Food? My name is Nick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for subscribing and liking and downloading all that fun stuff. I truly appreciate it. This is WTF Where's the Food, a weekly food podcast for all my hungry friends out there. And of course, you can follow along with the show on social media at the foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. And of course, on the website, thefoodie.com, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E.com. And we got a big show for episode number five. You might remember the name. Chef Jeremy Ford is joining us. He won Top Chef Season 13. He's uh, from Miami, so he's calling in. He's in the kitchen right now. I texted him. He's in the kitchen right now. So we'll talk to him, of course, about Top Chef and about becoming the winner, season 13 winner, how he got into cooking, and, of course, his new restaurant right here in Miami Beach called The Stubborn Seed. And I'm going to try to find out what his favorite dish at The Stubborn Seed is. And, of course, we can't forget we're going to play WTF What the Fudge with him, too. Also going to talk to a good friend of mine, Emily Miller, from Trends on Trends. Now, you're wondering what Trends on Trends is. Well, it's a company. They do these great events around the U.S., and one of them is actually happening in Miami later this week. They call it Breakfast Club. So we'll talk to her, get to know her, find out her story uh, and how she started Trends on Trends and her love for breakfast. She loves, 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 loves breakfast. And her great event, of course, happening in Miami Later this week, Breakfast Club. Of course, I got food news on Arby's, Taco Bell, and a new latte from Tim Hortons. It's, it's uh, really interesting. And, of course, Food Porn of the Week this week coming to us from the Naughty Fork. So we'll do all that and so much more. Episode number five of WTF Words of Food. What do you say? Let's jump right into it with my conversation with Chef Jeremy Ford from The Stubborn Seed. You know, just giving Chef Jeremy Ford a little buzz. Hello. Jeremy. What's up, bro? How you doing? Doing good, man. You have a couple minutes to chat? Yeah, yeah, for sure, bro. I'm just here chopping some, uh, some cucumber on my AirPods, man, Bob. So you're like a legend because you won Top Chef. I can't remember the last time anybody from Miami actually won Top Chef. Yeah, man. It's um, definitely, definitely an achievement, that's for sure, you know? So since you are the Top Chef Season 13 winner... What has changed for you since winning the title of Top Chef? Uh, you know, really, I think it's just getting uh, more opportunities to uh, showcase your skill. Um, you know, I, I think I think the biggest thing is just um, you know having having more more options to just get out there. You know, there's been a lot of people reaching out to do um, to do gigs and, and to, to fly around and, and, and taste some some other crazy cultures, cuisine, and we, we just, it's been a crazy ride, man, of like, of getting to, to, to go out there and really see the things that most chefs don't get a chance to because we're just, we're grinding, grinding it out every day, you know? Yeah, speaking of grinding, I've talked to chefs who've been on the show and they say it's a grind. You're, you're shooting and, and for 12 hour days, every single day, it's nonstop. Yeah, it's, it's, it's insane, bro. Um, you know, the, the amount, the amount of time that you're, you know, that you don't have to produce, like, the food is, is insane, man. 20 minutes for a fucking quick fire is, like, it's, it's out of control, you know? But either way, you made it happen and you came through. Yeah, man. There was a couple, there was a couple scenarios where um, I wasn't too sure if I'd be around for the next episode. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you came out winning as Top Chef Season 13 winner. Yeah, yeah, man. We, um, 
you know, I think once they got towards the end there, um, you know, the last like four four challenges in a row, I won. Um, you know, they, and, and then won the finale. So I got like a really good um, boost of um, of confidence, man. Like right around towards the end. So um, yeah, no, the last, you know, it was definitely a, the, the last run was 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 amazing, dude. You know, to to kind of you know, almost get kicked off a couple times um, and then come back strong and, and, and hit them four in a row was, was awesome. So you got your first restaurant in Miami called The Stubborn Seed and you got another one coming next year to the Grove area called Aficionado, right? Tell everybody a little bit about these restaurants. Yeah, so um, we're, we're here in uh, in Miami Beach and uh, south of Fifth area. It's a really cool part of the city, man, that um, honestly, before we got down here into this space, I never really came down here. Um, you know, that's why when we first looked at this location, like, nah, it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's not, it's not in the city. It's too far out or whatever. And then I got down here. I was like, shit, this is great, man. It's like, there's a lot of locals, a lot of, uh, you know, neighborhood dudes and, and, uh, it's great. You know, I, I really enjoy the area. And you have another restaurant in the works coming next year, right? Yeah, we have Stubborn Seed here, which is, uh, first in Washington, which is, you know, uh, very tasty menu forward. You know, we have all these crazy, uh, beautiful dishes, man. It's like 10 courses and, you know, it's 85 bucks. You can't really like, you can't really go wrong with that. It's a good man. deal. It's like a full two, two hour experience of, of, you know, all kinds of different textures and flavors. So definitely check that out. And then next year is, um, aficionado down in, uh, the Grove. And that's, that's a much larger restaurant. And what are some dishes we could expect on the aficionado, uh, menu? Um, well, aficionado, how'd that, did that give anything away? I mean, fish, <laughs> come on. I mean, fish, <laughs> seafood restaurant. Uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be, you know, seafood and vegetable forward, you know, it's like a bunch of fried snacks and stuff. So, you know, I like to balance the menu with, you know, some really yummy, healthy items and then just like, and then just kill it with like a, you know, goose liver or something, you know? So we have a really good, like wide range of, of options, man, you know? Can't wait for that. So how did you uh, first get into cooking? Uh, many, many years ago, you know, my grandmother, um, you know, she was, a, she was a chef and they had a restaurant in L.A. and California and stuff. And um, she actually was my, my mother's biological mom. So we didn't even know her until I was in my teen years. And we ended up finding her and it was, it was awesome because, um, you know, I had a love for food that we never really knew about until I found out that my grandfather and grandparents were in the business. So, um, you know, once we tied that loop, you know, it was, um, you know, I started working more with them and learning the trade, dude. And and it's been kind of an addiction ever since. Do you have like a favorite food memory from that time? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, when I first met my grandmother, um, we, we were in California for the first time and you know, California is the most amazing, beautiful city, you know, especially when you've never been there before. So, uh, when we got there, um, she actually, was in the kitchen, like, cooking this, like, garlic stuff, like, prime rib-looking thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't really remember uh, exactly what it was, but I remember, like, big chunks of, like, garlic in the middle of the meat and being like, how the hell does she get garlic cloves in this <laughs> fucking thing, you know? Um, so, yeah, and then, and then we ate at it and we feasted out. It was, it was spectacular. Do you have a favorite kitchen equipment or gadget you like to use all the time? Um, I use... The, on my microplane a lot. Uh, that's that little, like, you know, the thing that kind of pulls the desk off of, like, lemons and limes. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, we use a lot of that, and it, it makes like a really fine grated cheese. So we we use we use that a lot. Now, for someone who's just getting into into the business, uh, wanting to become a chef, he's seen you on Top Chef and wants to become a chef. Do you have any advice you would give him? Yeah, that's a great question, dude. Um, you know, just from opening this restaurant and seeing like the bare necessity skills, um, you know, that that are being kind of pushed it aside because of all of the new fancy techniques that are out. I think I think a lot of the, the, the newer cooks need to remember like don't don't focus so much on Instagram and what's going on and you know at Michelin star restaurants all over the world. Worry about what's here, what's now and learn how to cook a carrot properly before you're worried about you know, phones and all kinds of weird shit, you know? Yeah, because you know nowadays I feel like some chefs, I'm not gonna name who are just cooking for Instagram, making sure it looks good on the gram. Yeah, man, and it's uh, it's crazy, dude. Like, you know, the cooks, though, they're trying to come up and, and be a chef one day. It's like, you know, the reason I got where I'm at young, dude, is like I was out cooking guys that were twice my age because I was just coming in and grinding out and doing, you know, every piece of fish that I seared. I, I mean, I was relentless on that. You know, you have to be like, you have to make all the core, you know, uh, techniques, like really – really good like every time you cook a steak it should be perfect it should be the perfect amount of seasoning the perfect amount of crust the crunch you know what i mean like there's there's so many like bare basic things that make food taste great that has nothing to do with molecular and gastronomy stuff you know you know all that stuff should be added on to your repertoire many many years later in my eyes no of course i mean the food's got to taste good before anything yes sir now do you have uh, any favorite foods to cook with Oh, I mean, I love vegetables. You know, I, I love creating crunch and crackling textures out of, uh, out of vegetables. I feel like they're very underrated. Um, True. And, you know, one of my favorite dishes right now that we open with is it's a braised, you know, piece of celery root with, like, crunchy mushrooms and this, like, really um, acidic uh, lemon froth, you know, that we, that we put out, like, in a spoon, like a siphon. And it's just, it's just one of those dishes that hits all the notes, man, you know, fatty, acidic, crunchy, you know what I mean? 100%. Now, what would you say is the most challenging ingredient to work with? Uh, most challenging? Um, you know, to me, the most challenging ingredient, probably, it's probably, you know, octopus or something that, you know, I could cook, you know, properly a um, hundred times. It's never going to cook the exact same, you know, like sometimes it's 45 minutes to get it tender. Sometimes it's an hour and a half. So it's one of those things that you can't just hand that project over to a newer cook that doesn't understand, you know, how, like, uh, muscles and tendons work. You have to actually, like, show them and understand, like, hey, look, like, some of them will take, you know, 45% longer just because it is what it is. So it's one of those kind of weird ingredients, you know? Yeah, it's one of those things if you're not cooking it right, it's not going to taste well. So what do you think is the next big trend in, in the food world? Oh, the next big thing. Uh, it's hard to say, man. Uh, trends kind of, they kind of rotate, man. They do. Um, you know, I think the next, yeah, yeah, I think, you know, the burger, the burger thing was really big. You know, the fast casual thing took off and it's still going crazy, which is, which I like because I, I'm, I'm glad that there's more fast casual restaurants I can take my daughters and oh, we can go get something that's delicious it's, that doesn't take an hour and a half. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, it, and it's challenging some chefs to think outside the box and be like, what? can I do different to create kind of a fast casual that that'll take off? Yeah, man. I'm actually, um, I'm actually really like excited to, uh, for, for in the future to work on something like that, because, you know, I, I've always, I've always thought that that's a really tough challenge that a lot of people just take for granted. You know? like, how do you create 
a really yummy meal that, that is up in the window in eight minutes. You know yeah. what I mean? So uh, it's pretty it's pretty awesome, dude. That that, that kind of took off and is, is a nationwide, um, you know, focus. It's great. So, what's the one thing you love most about your job? Um, you know, as as daunting and fucking exhausted as I am right now, dude. It's uh, <laughs> you know, it's still it's still this like amazing feeling of of you know coming in to your own restaurant, um, creating you know your own food with a team of people who believe in you. Uh, it, it never it never gets tiring, man. Like you know, you have a couple of coffees, you wake up. And you get in there and, and you grind it out, and it's just a it's a really remarkable feeling just to get in there and cook every day. Because you know I worked in in larger corporations uh, prior, man, and, and it's a lot. It was a lot of meetings and a lot of things that you had to do. A lot of um, bullshit, you know. I say. Yeah, you know. So so getting in here every day, man, it's a lot more work. Uh, my legs are hurting, my feet are tired, but hey, man, we're getting we're getting to cook every day, so we're pretty blessed, man. So when you get a when you get a day off or a couple hours off, where uh, else in Miami do you like to, to dine at? Oh man, I love I love eating my you know my homemade foods. Uh, Jose Medin, he's always you know pub belly sushi. You know he's just one of those landmark guys. It's like mm-hmm. it's always solid. Um, I love getting tacos and koya. You know what I mean? Like all the, all the simple all the simple delicious food, man, is what is what I crave. So when you get a minute, do you like to cook at home? It depends. Um, you know, right now we're only off, you know, like one evening during the week. And usually I like to go out and get pampered, man, you know? I hear you and spend some time with your daughter as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we cook when we can, you know? Like, uh, but, you know, that one day off is more like, all right, let's go sit down and just get stuff brought to us and not have to clean any dishes because that sucks. <laughs> now, do you have a favorite dish at the Stubborn Seed right now? Yeah, I mean, my favorite dish is probably the um, – Honestly, it's probably the celery root, man, which is a, uh, I think a braised uh, chunk of celery root. And it's got, you know, lemon juice, olive oil, herbs, and it's all, it, it's really tender and soft. And then right next to it is this crunchy maitake mushroom thing. And then a uh, mustard espuma, which is just, it just brings it together, bro. We got to try it sometime. I got to try it. So where do you see yourself in the restaurants in, in the next five years? Uh, dude, doing the same stuff, man. <laughs> um, you know, Long, longevity in the restaurant is, is, is the chef's like ultimate goal, right? We want to, we want to be open forever, dude. And we want to, we want to crank it out and, and change the menu and, and just keep exciting people uh, every time they come in, man. Now to wrap things up, we're going to play a quick game. I'm going to give you two choices. You pick one simple. I call it WTF. What the fudge? You ready? Got it. All right. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Pigs in a blanket or tacos? Tacos. Bagels or toast? Bagel. Breakfast or dinner? Dinner. <laughs> Pasta or pizza? Pasta. And uh, bacon or Nutella? Ooh, damn. Bacon. Bacon. Well, Chef, thank you so much for taking some time out today. And, of course, tell people where they can go visit you, where Stubborn Seed's at. Yeah, come see the Stubborn Seed in uh, Person, Washington. We'd love to cook for you. A big, big thank you to Chef Jeremy Ford from the Stubborn Seed. If you're in the Miami area, if you happen to be visiting, put the Stubborn Seed on your list. Make sure you check it out. And we can't wait for his uh, new restaurant coming to Coconut Grove next year. Now it's time for some food news. 
Now, Taco Bell really doing some amazing stuff all over social media. You see it? Well, they have just released a fashion line, and it's kind of amazing. Now, Taco Bell has released a limited edition fashion collection with Forever 21. There's going to be items for men, women, girls, including bodysuits, jackets, sweatshirts, and so much more. Prices range from 12 bucks to just 29 bucks, and will be sold online and in most stores until supplies last. So make sure you pick up some Taco Bell gear. And cereal lovers rejoice. Banana Nut Cheerios are coming back after being discontinued. They will be back in Target stores in November along with the launch of the Chocolate Peanut Butter Cheerios. So if uh, you missed those, they are coming back. And think of this. Have you ever wanted, just, just picture this, have you ever wanted a buffalo latte? No right? Well, now you can get one thanks to Tim Hortons. Now, they have released a limited edition beverage inspired by chicken wings. The latte is made from freshly brewed espresso, steamed milk, mocha, and a bold buffalo sauce flavor, Ugh! and is then layered with whipped topping and a zesty buffalo seasoning. So, this is not my thing, but if this is your thing and you want to try it, so you can get it at Tim Hortons in the New York City area, and it will be available until this Friday. Now, how about this for something different? Because everybody's doing something different, right? A venison sandwich at a fast food chain. Well, your dreams come true. Customers can get a venison sandwich at every Arby's location in the United States on Saturday. One day only, people. The sandwich features a thick-cut venison steak topped with crispy onions and a juniper berry sauce. Now, the meat is marinated in garlic, salt, and pepper and cooked for three hours. The sandwich will be available while supplies last. And in the spirit of Halloween coming up, KFC is selling costume kits. Forget this, just five bucks. The kit includes a Colonel Sanders mask, a white bib, and a KFC trick or treat bucket. Now, if you want to buy Halloween, you need to order it by October 23rd, and you can get one right now at KFCLimited.com. And last but not least, Pizza Hut wants to keep you warm, just like they keep their pizza warm. So they have launched an insulated delivery bag parka. Now, the parka is bright red and is water resistant and offers triple layer insulation. This thing is meant to keep you really really hot kind of like uh their pizza right well lucky for you they'll be giving these out all month to customers who order their pizza online or through the pizza hut app i mean there's even a pocket you got to see this inside to keep a slice of pizza in you got to see this for yourself of course everything we talked about on food news we got it on the blog for you the foodie.com t-h-e-f-o-o-d-e.com and now how about a quick word from one of our sponsors the yielding seed So there's this really amazing meal delivery service I need to tell you guys about. It's called The Yielding Seed. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, they do it all and do it all well. No need to go to the grocery store and buy ingredients to make your food. They bring the meals to you so you can spend more time doing the things you want to do and less time trying a meal plan. I can tell you from personal experience, it is the best tasting meal delivery service in the Miami area. And you can sign up for the traditional plan or the paleo plan because there's something for everyone. The Yielding Seed takes great pride in providing chef-prepared, freshly made meals each and every day for each and every one of their clients. You want to have the Yielding Seed, so what are you waiting for? And sign up today at theyieldingseed.com. You'll thank me later.
You know, Miami, we get a ton of great food events, and even all over the U.S., there's a ton of great food events, and there's one in particular. If you love breakfast, you're going to love this event. We're going to talk to my friend Emily Miller from Trends on Trends. We're going to get her story, how she created Trends on Trends, her love for breakfast, and she has she's doing this great event across the U.S. in six cities, to be exact, called Breakfast Club, kind of like a chef that never makes breakfast. How about breakfast from a chef that never makes breakfast. I mean, it doesn't get any better. Plus, you can mingle and meet people. It's it's a great event, Breakfast Club. Let's jump into my conversation right now with Emily Miller from Trends on Trends. Hey, Emily, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, Nick? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Good, thank you. So, people are listening right now. They're wondering, what is Trends on Trends? Tell everybody a little bit about Trends on Trends. Yeah, um, so I started Trends on Trends about three years ago as a way to kind of house all of the random creative projects I was working on, all having to do with food and design and gathering people together, and I just needed a place to keep all of it. So, And that's where Trends on Trends came from. Yeah, and you know, it's slowly developed over the years, and now it is a um, creative agency that focuses on breakfast and morning time rituals, so very niche, but it's working out real well. <laughs> so so what was Trends on Trends when you first started it? So I was doing a lot of freelance writing um, in food and design, so I wanted to have a place to put my voice and aesthetic and work on all of those really bizarre type food photo shoots and crazy ideas and forecasts that I was um, noticing traveling around the world, maybe that I had pitched to some outlets and didn't get accepted. And I was like, no, this is so cool. It needs to be featured somewhere. (laughs) So brought together a lot of my creative friends, artists, photographers, videographers, everything to end up creating that content just as a really fun way to say what we want and do what we want creatively. And it just kind of took off from there. And that's kind of the history. <laughs> <laughs> so now that you're focusing on the breakfast side of things, you got this great event. It's kind of like, I, w- I would call it a touring event, I would say, called Breakfast Club, right? Exactly. So tell everybody what, what Breakfast Club is. Uh, so Breakfast Club is my in real life version of my way of connecting with people around the world when I'm traveling. And it took off from there and now I'm touring the country working with different chefs, all chefs who don't normally serve breakfast and having them create um, a fast food style breakfast in custom packaging that I worked on with an artist. So it's just like a different chill way to spend the morning, meet new people, eat food that you'll never be able to get again and be in a space that's typically not open during the morning hours. So just something to inspire people in the morning (laughs) so did you start this uh by yourself are you currently running this by yourself kind of like a one woman show one woman show you got it (laughs) that's that's incredible yeah i mean i couldn't do it without all the incredible chefs and their teams and the photographers and creative people that i work with in each of the cities but as far as trends on trends goes um it's just me right now and i bring on people based on the projects that I get because they're all so aesthetically driven. So how long ago did you come up with the whole breakfast concept and and how'd this idea come about? Um, It started a few years ago. I think right when Instagram was kind of just becoming cool amongst all of the creative people (laughs) in New York. And it was before influencer events, like just before that stuff started taking off. 
And I kept, I was doing a lot of freelance writing at the time. So I was invited to a lot of um, media events and things like that, as I'm sure you are as well in Miami. Mm -hmm. And I was getting a little tired going to cocktail events and talking with people. And I feel like in the morning, it's awkward enough that if you make a connection with someone, it's a real genuine connection. So I wanted to kind of take everyone out of the cocktail space and put them in the morning coffee space and see what happens creatively. So um, before, I've done 20 events around the world. They've all been private, invite-only, family-style events, and that's kind of what Breakfast Club was and how it started out. And this new iteration of the series is ticketed, open to the public, a lot more inclusive, and anyone is welcome to join who wants to contribute to a creative conversation in their community. It's incredible. Yeah, it's been it's been really fun. So I'm doing six cities in the U.S. Um, I did New York the other week, and I was just in Austin this past week hosting at some incredible restaurants. And Miami this week, you're not only going to get one event, you're going to get two events in Miami, right? Nice. So I'm so excited to come to Miami this week to host at 27 and Fuchs. I somehow convinced the chefs to create um, a fast food breakfast in custom packaging, take a break from their regular menu, and it's going to get weird, but it's going to be a really fun time. It's going to be incredible. Now, you've done all this traveling, you, you're taking this breakfast club on the road. Do you have a favorite city that when you're setting up kind of the events, you have to include this city each and every time? Ooh, that's so hard. I. Every time I get to a new city, I always immediately get attached to it. Once I start meeting all of the creative people that are driving it, I feel the need to somehow move there for a few months. I actually <laughs> did that for a year, like travel around and stay in a bunch of cities hosting events and meeting people. So it's hard to have allegiance to one particular city, but I definitely love going into uh, smaller cities where the creative community is just kind of starting out. Like um, I did an event in Lisbon almost two years ago and in Glasgow two and a half years ago. And it was incredible because you go in a little bit blind and then leave just with this whole new understanding. And it's great. As far as the U.S. goes, I don't want to say this just because I'm talking to you, but my first trip to Miami was in um, was during South Beach Food and Wine this year to do a midnight breakfast club event with Brad Kilgore. Mm -hmm. And I did it kind of quietly because I wanted to test out the whole fast food concept. But Miami was seriously like one of my favorite cities that I've been to in a while. The energy there is incredible. And my best friend is from there. So would you ever move to Miami? I don't see why not, <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's so, hard to tell where, where I'll be. I mean, right now I'm, I'm really happy with New York, I think mostly because it's so easy to get around, but I think there's definitely new city scouting in my future, and maybe that's how I subconsciously pick the cities that I want to go to. <laughs> there you go. So now that Breakfast Club is kind of taken off, it's doing so well, is there anything else you're planning, any of the events that – you know, you're kind of working on that you want to talk about or you can't talk about? I mean, there's some larger stuff in the works. Um, I mean, even after the start of this series, I've had such an incredible response from the guests and people who are finding out about it. And it just, it's so rewarding to me because I usually work really quietly behind the scenes, like only with super, um, like the creative teams. And it's never, I never get to see it in real life, like to the masses. 
And because this is the first ticketed series that I'm working on, it's just really cool to see everyone interact with the event and meet people who I never would have thought who would have come or found out about. So that's the best part for me. And I also saw online you're, you're writing a book, right? I am. Um, I'm working on a book with Fightin about traditional breakfast recipes from around the world. So um, it's going to be 350 recipes. It is a beast wow. of a book <laughs> and coming out, I think it's coming out spring 19, but don't Where hold do me to that. Where do you have the time for this, Emily? Where do you have the time for this? Uh, you got to find it. I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm, that's, that's exactly why I cornered myself into this breakfast niche because if people reach out and they're like, we want to do a lunch event. I'm like, I can't do it. Like only breakfast. <laughs> so it's, and even with brands, I create content and, um, do a lot of creative projects like with other brands to make sure they're speaking to the audience that they want to be speaking to. And, focusing on breakfast or morning time rituals and somehow creating projects that bring people into that world and that space and integrating brands and partners and collaborators into that space is what keeps me really focused and going. So I think the niche is actually more for me than it is for everyone else. I mean, who doesn't love breakfast? I mean, I love breakfast for lunch, breakfast for dinner, breakfast for breakfast. It doesn't matter. I love breakfast all the time. I mean, that's what I'm hoping for because I'm basing my whole career off of it. So... (laughs) Now, you say that uh, your best friend lives in Miami, so and she's a great tour guide. What are some spots that you definitely hit up when you were down here or when you're coming down later this week you need to check out? Yeah, so um, Katie Burton is my friend. She's an incredible photographer, and she's actually based in New York but grew up in Miami, goes there all the time. And um, she took me to some of her favorite spots last time we were there, so I definitely want to go back to those. One of them was um, Enriqueta's. I love think. love that place. What it was. Yeah. <laughs> so we went there two times. One when we first got there, and then I did not want to leave Miami without taking some croquetas for the plane. So I mean, people that that was don't kind live of my here favorite have spot. this fascination mm-hmm. with croquetas. It's incredible. I love them so much. Like I've only had them a few times, and it's really no. I lied. I have them a lot, <laughs> but I've only had really good ones very few times and when they come out of the window like so so hot at Enriqueta's it's like oh there's nothing better than that and we went in the morning too so there were all of these incredible people like sitting down for breakfast and I love observing just regular morning routines of of people in different cities and like the vibe of the morning in each city so I feel like I should be asking you what breakfast places I should be trying (laughs) or just restaurants in general I mean you you have someone that lives here I mean she I'm sure she's a great tour guide Totally, but always open for suggestions. (laughs) Well, Emily, we look forward to welcoming you back to Miami later this week for two great events. Tell people where they can get tickets, how to buy tickets, and how much it costs, all that great stuff. Yeah, so tickets are $30, and I'm selling them on Talk, which is an amazing reservation site by the team at Alinea in Chicago. So it's like a super hospitality-driven experience just even booking tickets. So it's all about the details with these events. Um, It's breakfastclub.talktix.com, T-O-C-K-T-I-X.com. You can also find the link probably easier through my Instagram account. It's at heybreakfastclub. And then Trends on Trends is at Trends on Trends underscore. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Emily. 
And I will see you later this week. Thank you so much for taking some time out. And make sure you get tickets to Breakfast Club in Miami later this week. Thanks for having me. I hope to have breakfast with everyone this week. Thank you so much to Emily Miller for coming on the show. Truly appreciate it. Make sure you check out her great event, Breakfast Club, happening later this week in Miami. Depends on when you're listening to this, but it's happening Thursday and Friday. Thursday at 27 and on Friday at Fuchs. Great, great, great stuff. Make sure you get tickets. And now, how about the food porn of the week? This week, it comes to us from the Naughty Fork. At the Naughty Fork, make sure you follow her. Now, she posted this this, this cake. Cheesecake, to be exact, that just should be illegal, pretty much. It is a Frosted Flakes coconut deep-fried cheesecake topped with ice cream and covered in chocolate sauce. And get this, it sits on a bed of Oreos and Nutella. I mean, illegal, right? They should give this thing a ticket. Well, you can get this at SushiCon in Miami. I mean, it is mouth-watering. It is amazing. It is incredible. I mean, I run out of words to kind of describe this thing. It is epic. You got to see this. You got to see the video. I just posted it on Instagram at the foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. And uh, I got to go try this like ASAP. I need to have this. So make sure you check out the picture. And of course, follow my friend over at the Naughty Fork. And of course, you can follow along of everything we talk about on the website, thefoodie.com, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E.com. We got restaurant recommendations there, photos of food, food news, opening and closings in the Miami area. And of course, First Taste, which is where we go to restaurants, try them for the first time, take tons of pictures, show you what we ate. You kind of get an idea of what the food looks like, kind of what you're getting, what like you find out what you can expect when you go to these restaurants. So ton of food porn there and so much more thefoodie.com. And that's it. That's all. That wraps up episode number five. Thank you guys so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. Thank you to all my guests, Jeremy Ford and Emily Miller for coming on the show. Remember, you can subscribe and download iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. This is WTF. Where's the food? I truly appreciate you listening each and every week. Of course, you can follow us on social media at the foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. And of course, the website, thefoodie.com, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E.com. And WTF Where's the Food is part of the Vibe Media Podcast Network. My name is Nick. This wraps up episode number five of WTF Where's the Food. And of course, remember to hashtag never stop eating. <laughs>